You are listening to Sheet Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Rainerbottom. Our current serial is Musketeer Space. Chapter 15. Whatever happened to Madame Sue? While Dana d'Artagnan and her new friend Conrad Sue were entangling themselves in the politics and love life of a nation, and the Duchess of Buckingham had been entangling herself with the Prince Consort of the Solar System, one person's fate had until now been somewhat forgotten. Have no fear. We shall learn her story now. Jingfei Su was a straightforward woman. She ran her businesses with a tight hand and a shrewd attitude to the bottom line. She made most of her decisions based on what was practical, though, like most people, she also appreciated the luxuries that life and a successful business afforded her. A silk suit, a gold necklace, a pretty young husband with a prestigious position at the palace. She had no interest in politics, apart from the fact that it often deprived her of Conrad because his closeness to the prince consort made him a regular target of investigation. Up until now, however, the inconvenience had been minor and had not directly affected her. But here she was, under arrest, deep in the holding cells of church jurisdiction on Paris satellite, an installation referred to often as the armory, because of course it was full of sabres and hammers. The guards who had arrested Madame Sue were raw recruits, which explained why Madame Sue's regular bribery of her local red hammers to keep them from looking too closely at her business affairs had made no difference. After many long, miserable hours alone in the holding cells, Madame Sue was dragged out to face the commissary, whose task it was to interrogate her about the activities of her husband. The commissary was a short, squat woman who looked like a tortoise. Her attempts to discreetly discover what political conspiracies might involve Conrad Sue were overwhelmed by Madame Sue's personal need to complain about the terrible effect that sporting loyalties had upon husbands. Madame Sue had a lot of complaints to make about her husband and they'd been building up to a critical level. They all came spilling out of her now, and the commissary was obliged to listen, though she stopped taking notes when it became obvious that few of these complaints had anything to do with church or crown. Finally, the commissary raised the subject of Madame Sue's lodger. I believe you have a d'Artagnan staying on your property? Oh, said Madame Sue taken aback by the change of subject. Yes, it's good to have a strong pair of hands around, what with never seeing my husband and the business relying on me being at my absolute best. The commissary coughed. We've brought D'Artagnan in for questioning. Madame Sue froze for a moment. You have? That's no good. She was going to find my wretched husband for me. She can't do that if you have her in here. We plan to locate your husband, don't worry about that, Madame Sue, said the commissary before the other words sank in. She? 
You mean he? Madame Sue looked confused. I do? The commissary made a mental note to apply to the Cardinal for a pay rise. Let's get our prisoner in here, shall we? She spoke into her comstud. Sergeant, bring D'Artagnan up from the cells to join us. The man who was brought in by two of the Red Hammers was a blonde bearded pilot in a battered flight suit and bright blue musketeer jacket. He bowed politely to them both. Madame Sue stared blankly back. Now perhaps we can get somewhere, said the commissary. Sit if you like, D'Artagnan, this may be a long night. I'd prefer to stand if you don't mind, said the musketeer with a polite bow in the direction of Madame Sue. The holding cell was so small I could barely stretch my legs. Fine, sighed the commissary. We've invited you here to help with our inquiries about the whereabouts of Monsieur Conrad Sue. Do you think you can shed light on this matter? I can't think how I could, said the musketeer, leaning against the back wall of the interrogation room and stretching his arms and legs in slow succession. I've never met the man. The commissary turned to Madame Sue. Is that correct, madame? Has D'Artagnan ever met your husband? I don't know, said Madame Sue, looking at the musketeer in confusion. I don't think she had before I sent her to find... You do know this isn't D'Artagnan, don't you? My lodger is female. That's quite correct, said the musketeer. Apologies for the interruption, but I am not D'Artagnan. You mean you are not the D'Artagnan who pays rent with Madame Sue, but you are her husband, then? asked the commissary, paddling furiously. I have no wife, said the musketeer, and for the first time his tone was less than light. And my name is not D'Artagnan. The commissary blinked twice and looked at Madame Sue. Well, who is this man? I thought you knew, she exploded. He's not my lodger, that's for sure. She gave the musketeer a dirty look. If she has been hiding a husband, I am certainly going to charge her double and backdate the rent. Madam, I assure you, I have not been sharing D'Artagnan's apartment, the musketeer said. I have quite reasonable rooms elsewhere in Paris. So. Who are you? the commissary demanded. Captain Lieutenant Athos of the Royal Musketeer Fleet. He smiled politely at her and raised his wrist. You can scan my ID if you like. I tried to suggest this when I was first brought into the cells, but for some reason the guards were very keen to keep my presence here off the records. That happened to me too said Madame Sue, thoughtfully. What an astounding coincidence, said Athos of the Musketeers. Early retirement, the commissary decided. It was the only reasonable response to a farce like this. You identified yourself as D'Artagnan, she growled. Did I? said Athos. 
I was minding my own business, approaching my friend's new quarters, and suddenly I was surrounded by a group of somewhat young and inexperienced red hammers. One of them asked if I was D'Artagnan in a very fierce voice. He held up his hands as if helpless. I didn't like to embarrass them by pointing out the obvious. The obvious, repeated the commissary. Madame Sue here can help iron out the details of the obvious differences between myself and Mecca Cadet d'Artagnan, said Athos. I can think of a few, muttered Madame Sue. The door of the interrogation room burst open, and a woman stood there in a bright pink flight suit that marked her as a civilian. She had a long sweep of black hair, a nasty scar slashed across her face, and she looked like she was about to murder someone. Return to the front desk immediately, blustered the commissary, getting to her feet. You have no right to interrupt this interrogation. I wouldn't be too sure about that, said Athos, his eyes on the intruder, as if she were the most dangerous thing in the room. My credentials, snapped the woman, holding her wrist out to the commissary, who scanned her stud with the clamshell on her desk. Special Agent Captain Rosnay Cho, security level 22, rattled across the screen. Level 22 meant that the agent reported directly to the cardinal herself. With visions of her early retirement disappearing into smoke, the commissary bowed her head. I cede these prisoners to you, of course, Special Agent Cho. Only the woman, said Cho. Her eyes flicked briefly over the musketeer who called himself Athos. This one can rot in your holding cells for as long as you like. She held out one hand to the terrified Madame Sue. You are coming with me, madame. My employer has some very important questions to ask you about your husband. The journey that followed was the most terrifying time of Madame Sue's life. It was particularly fraught when Special Agent Cho discovered that the ship she had intended to use to transport them to Luna Palais was missing, along with an engineer, and that there were no security records of how this had happened. After further delays and quite a lot of enraged shouting, they were eventually packed into a borrowed red and gold sabre-class dart, bound for the moon. During the journey, Madame Sue thought about every insulting thing she had ever said about the current regents and her good-for-nothing husband, the Prince Consort. Was this her fault? Had she been recorded somewhere saying something she shouldn't? It was a relief when the dart docked a good distance from the palace, and she realised they were going somewhere else altogether, a private residence, which contained no angry members of the royal family. Special Agent Cho let herself in through the front door, spoke briefly to a servant, then dragged Madame Sue along with her until they reached a botanical atrium at the centre of the residence. The greenness and realness of the plants was something of a shock to Madame Sue, who preferred her vegetation pre-packed in plastic pouches 
with salad dressing. Special Agent Cho pushed her way through several fronds of greenery, dragging her prisoner along with her, until they found a corner of the atrium that was occupied. The woman was younger than Madame Sue herself, perhaps forty years old, greying at the temples. She wore a thick apron and gloves, her dark hair tied back in a bun, as she concentrated on snipping stray flowers from a strong vine with a pair of vicious-looking secateurs. Hello, Rosnay, she said, sounding quite serene. How is it all going, then? Mixed results, said the agent through gritted teeth. Brought you a present, your eminence. So you have. The woman looked Madame Sue over, as if perusing fabrics in a warehouse. I think we're going to require tea, don't you? I'd rather find my missing moth, Special Agent Cho said angrily. You wouldn't believe what those cunning bastards have... Tea, said the gardener, in a very firm voice, not to be denied. And little sandwiches with lots of butter. Our guest looks tired and hungry. Madame Sue, who was not entirely stupid and knew what the title eminence meant, did her best not to burst into tears. This was Cardinal Richelieu. Chances were very low that she was going to get out of this alive. Tea would be nice, Madame Sue managed in a small voice. Jolly good, said the Cardinal, snipping another dead head. Tea, sandwiches, and a nice cosy chat. It was the most awkward tea party in the history of the solar system. Madame Sue did not dare say anything without being asked directly. Special Agent Cho vibrated with fury over whatever had happened to her spaceship. The Cardinal was pleasant enough, but remained terrifyingly formal, and regularly received messages upon her clamshell, in between sips of tea and bites of toast point. The sandwiches and tea were excellent, but there is nothing like the fear of immediate execution to make even a splendid spread taste like dust on the tongue. Your husband, Madame Sue, said the Cardinal after a long moment. She still did not look like a grand religious leader, with only a small solar star hanging at her throat to mark that she belonged to the Church of All. She wore black flight fatigues, as if she were a soldier rather than a priest. Her hair was dressed with a constellation of pearl pins. You are aware that he is a conspirator? Madame Sue did not dare argue this point. My Conrad was always such a good boy, she whispered, clutching her teacup as if it might fly away into space at any moment. But the palace, there are temptations. Indeed, said the Cardinal, treason can be a terrible temptation to one so young and vulnerable. I knew nothing about it, Madame Sue burst out. I only wanted my husband back. I didn't. 
She broke off and buried her face in a biscuit, nibbling like a mouse. A new message came in. The cardinal read it, her eyes flicking across the words incredulously, and then she smiled. Tell me, Madame Sue, of everything you know about your husband's connection to his former teammate, Madame Marie Chevreuse Montbazon. Madame Sue pressed her lips together in fear. That woman, that athletic goddess with her winning smile and decadent, corrupting ways. I've not had sight of that bitch since she was exiled. And good riddance, she spat. The cardinal did not say indeed again this time, but she smiled, a warm and reassuring smile. You think Chevreuse a likely ringleader? Trouble from head to toe, Madame Sue grumbled. A husband-eater. Special Agent Cho received a call through her comm, and she leapt to her feet, asking the Cardinal for permission to take it outside. Her eminence agreed with a graceful nod of her head. Madame Sue began to think she was misplaced in her fear. The Cardinal had made no move to accuse Madame Sue of being complicit in her husband's dealings. Why, I could tell you a story or two about that. Marie Chevreuse, she volunteered bravely. A light sparkled in the Cardinal's eyes. Please do. It was as if a dam had burst inside her. Madame Sue barely paused for breath as she rattled out all of the disreputable, flirtatious instances she had witnessed over the last several years. She only paused when Cho returned, interrupting without any manners at all. Your Eminence, she gasped, it's done. The Cardinal's face changed from the politely encouraging lady to a sharp, incisive politician. She turned to Cho, forgetting Madame Sue was even there. The Colin Guillaume? En route to Valor, with enough time missing from their flight log to account for an unidentified ship that dogged briefly at the Mecca graveyard. The Cardinal shone from within like a diamond. Evidence, she purred. On board with the ambassador, Cho smiled with all her teeth. Milord will collect the data when they touch down on Valor. Excuse me, Madame Sue, said the Cardinal, sweeping to her feet. My breakfast meeting with the Regents has taken on more than its usual importance. You may return to Paris Satellite. Madame Sue blinked, surprised at the sudden release. I may? I hardly wish to detain you. But your husband escaped his abduction and has since returned to his bed at the palace. I am sure he will be in contact with you when he awakes. But it is late, of course. After such a trying day, you should get some rest. Madame Sue stood and was guided to the door by polite servants, as if she were the visitor who had chosen such an unwelcome time to be paying calls. But, she said again, before she found herself standing alone on the automatic pavement in front of the residence, 
it hummed beneath her feet, drawing along the avenue of one of the wealthiest areas on Luna Palais. Oh, Conrad, she sighed, what have you got us into now? Her credit stud chimed discreetly, informing her that she had received a substantial payment from the Cardinal's office in compensation for your inconvenience and for the rendering of future intelligence. At some point during the night, Madame Sue had become the Cardinal's spy. Thank you for listening to Sheep Might Fly. You can sign up to my author newsletter for updates, follow me on Twitter at TansyRR or at Sheep Might Fly, find me on Facebook at TansyRR Books. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of cool rewards, early ebooks, and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. See you next week.